Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, it is the political season here in South Orange, New Jersey. And here in our studio today is Ms. Sheena Collum, who is currently a village trustee, is running for village president on row B. Sheena, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you making time out of your extremely busy schedule to come in and to address the similar issues that your opponent, Ms. Emily Hines, addressed last week. And of course, we have an hour-long debate next week, which is going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. But before we jump into our key questions here, can you share with the audience a little bit about your background, your education? Sure. Um, well, I'm glad that we're in the studio at Seton Hall University because that is where I went to school. So this is kind of like a second home for me. Um, I received my bachelor's in political science. I also studied economics and international relations and diplomacy. And I got my master's in public administration here with a concentration in public policy. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, you have been a village trustee now? for how many years? Two years, about Two 700 years. days, almost. So which leads us to our next question. Why are you running for a village president? Um, well, I'm, I'm really passionate about this community. I, I think it's as simple as that. I've been a volunteer in South Orange for about 14 years, um, since the time I arrived here when I was 17 years old, uh, started attending board meetings, and I've just been very active in the community ever since. And um, South Orange and the people here in South Orange have given me a lot. I've learned a lot. I've met incredible people, community leaders, um, people on the board of trustees, and people who have really shaped my life in a very special way. And I want to take the 14 years that this community has given me and, and give it back to people that I care about and do things that I hope people um, will look at their governing body and say, you know, we're really proud of those folks and the work that they're doing for us. And so when we think about uh, your last two years of being a trustee, mm -hmm. what are you most uh, proud about in, in, your, in that position? That I made promises two years ago, and I kept those promises. I think in a lot of elections, people um, become populist candidates. They want to just try and inspire people for the time being, and then ultimately two years later or three, four years later, you forget what they said that they were running on. And in 2013, along with my running mates, Trustee Schnall and Trustee Clark, um, we really set forth an aggressive agenda of what we wanted to accomplish over the next two years. And I followed through on those items, and I'm very proud of my record of service over the past seven hundred or so days. It went by so quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I'm known for being very energetic on the board of trustees. I think um, my middle name would be working group because I really like uh, creating stakeholder groups to address issues. Um, I, I love the work that I've been able to do with public safety and the public safety committee. Prior to being on the board of trustees, I was the chair of the Citizens Public Safety Committee. So I um, brought National Night Out to South Orange. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yes, you. Congratulations on that. And it's been amazing because yeah. it's uh, one one day of the year where we bring our residents together with law enforcement. And I wanted to expand it. So it's also our fire department, our rescue squad, our community emergency response team, our yeah, neighborhood bravo, watch group. Bravo. And, um, you know, it's connecting our residents with our first responders. And that was really important to me. And we get about a thousand people or so. Um, and within public safety, I'm very proud that over the past four 
year or so two prior to me getting on the board, we've seen a decrease in part one crimes, 40%, um, which is something we can be very proud of. And over the past year, it was the most, um, the largest significant decrease with 24% in part one crimes. So we're obviously doing something well. I credit the police department. I credit board investment, strategic investment. I credit our neighborhood watch organization. And uh, recently I posted on Facebook all these numbers um, because I like the idea of transparency and sharing things with the community and now, people were floored to now see on the Facebook, work. Where could folks find it? Is it under Sheena Column or under your campaign? Um, it's under, uh, well, we created a Facebook page for the campaign, but I do a lot of um, community discussions on my personal Facebook page. So it's facebook.com backslash Sheena.column. And um, I keep my profile open because I, I really just talk about things South Orange, things that are exciting in South Orange. And so really, if you want to be friends with me on social media, I accept everybody and it's a public page. So definitely come check it out. And during our uh, discussion before we started the interview, mm -hmm. we talked about uh, some of the homeless issues that we have in the train station. Mm -hmm. And you had indicated that you had uh, spearheaded that, started that. Can you tell us a little bit about the problem and, and how it was addressed? Yeah, absolutely. And I've been um, checking next door. I, I check in on various message boards to see what people are talking about. And, and what this is, is next door? Um, you know what? It's an amazing tool for residents to connect with one another and share recommendations, ask questions, put out public safety alerts. Um, and it's based on where you live in the community. So the way that next door is broken down, I'm a part of the upper Wyoming next door. There's a Newstead next door. There's a West Montrose next door and so on and so forth. And um, really, it's just connecting residents with other residents to discuss whatever they feel like discussing. And so that's been one of the the, um, you know, ongoing threads is the homelessness that was occurring at the train station and some of the public safety um, items and quality of life issues associated with it. Um, so if we go back to when this was first brought to the Board of Trustees, um, you know, it was a significant issue. We received pictures of about a dozen or so people who were sleeping on the benches uh, within the train station. And obviously, because there's no bathroom facilities within the train station, um, you know, there was definitely complaints of the smell uh, within the train station itself. And so when it was brought, uh, primarily first it came to the Public Safety Committee and we started to talk with our police chief. We also had to bring in our legal counsel to understand the parameters of which, um, you know, legally we could do something because ultimately if you're at a train station and you have a ticket, you have a right to be there. Um, so we started to look at the various ways that we could address the situation and first and foremost in a very compassionate way because I believe especially as a community, it's not about pushing the problem somewhere else, it's really about um, trying to help people find them a better alternative and also do something that's of benefit to the community because our train station isn't a de, de, de facto shelter. It is primarily a train station. Um, so we worked with New Jersey Transit on closing the train station in the middle of the night because at that time trains are not running. Um, so from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock um, was going to be the closure. Leading up to that closure, we worked with Essex County and um, various social service workers to come in um, and to meet with the individuals who are there and share what opportunities there were for real shelters. Um, and, you know, it's really kind of been a partnership between a lot of people. And we've been offered a lot of community support from residents who want to be involved with helping this. But we see it as an ongoing effort um, because unless you, su uh, you solve the root cause of the problem, it's going to continue to be a problem. So, um, you know, it took a lot of people involved, and we're going to get an assessment back from our police chief at our next public safety committee meeting. 
Um, you know, I just want to go back to when you said you had made a, some promises two years ago. Sure. Specifically, what promises have you made and kept? Okay. Well, a lot of it was my platforms always tend to be very complicated because I think holistically about the community. So it's not just about the two or three items that um, I feel very strongly about, but it's things that I get feedback from on the campaign trail. So similar to this year, um, if people want to see my uh, platform, it's southorange2015.com. Um, it's very um, similar to what I did in 2013, was covering all various aspects of community life and issues that I thought resonated with residents. So I'll take one example of, um, I promised to scrub the business codes. Um, that was really important to me because in speaking with the small businesses throughout town, um, there was a lot of concerns and complaints about um, laws that just didn't make much sense, that they felt were um, hindering their ability to um, really thrive in this community. And uh, normally the complaint that we get is your staff is doing X, Y, and Z, or code enforcement is out here and they're making us do X, Y, and Z. And um, you know, ultimately the staff is doing their job. We have things that are on our books. These are our laws and regulations, and they're implementing those. Um, so rather than um, blame our staff for doing their job, it, it really meant that we had to examine what was on our books and um, start getting rid of antiquated laws that no longer made sense, started what supporting. Is legal, what is the legal process to get something off the books? Do you have to uh, vote at the trustee uh, village council level, or is that something that the citizens vote on? No, it's it's through an ordinance. So everything within our code is codified with an ordinance. Um, it's several, several, uh, well, gosh, hundreds of pages, really, and this has happened over the course of the life of local government. And at any given time, you know, 20 years ago, an idea was a good idea. It was put on the books, and then it continues, unless somebody says, why is that on the books, and takes it off. Um, something as simple as sandwich boards, which my friend that um, owns a small business, you know, advocated for at, at the local board meetings was like, why can't I have a sandwich board? And so, you know, you had to go back and figure out at what point sandwich boards were of serious concern, you know, to the governing body. And normally there's some rationale to why they did what they did. Um, but what we decided to do holistically was bring all these stakeholders together. So it's not just me trying to be the smartest person in the room, um, bring stakeholders, business owners, property owners, elected officials, our professionals, our village planner, to holistically look at all the various codes and come up with a series of suggestions um, for what we want to eliminate, what we want to improve, and then adopt them all at once. Um, and I feel that by doing the way that we did with, with this working group and also having um, two community meetings around it, we were able to get enough uh, feedback from folks on the things that they wanted to see. Um, and, and we're hoping to roll this out this year. Um, it's been a beast trying to go through all the various ordinances and decide, you know, where we want to move our business districts forward. And do we, uh, does the village trustees and the village president, do you look at the best practices of other municipalities? Absolutely. To, to try to I guess, utilize the best practices? Oh, of course. Um, and this is kind of where my professional experience comes in. Um, so you asked me about my education, but my professional background is I'm the executive director of the American Planning Association in New Jersey. So I deal with best practices all throughout the state of New Jersey on, you know, how municipalities are dealing with uh, business development and growth and development, redevelopment, housing, transportation. When you think about comprehensive planning, I always describe it as a puzzle. Every community has thousands of little pieces and local government, it's our role in partnership with residents and stakeholders to try and fit those pieces together um, to create 
a picture. Um, and a lot of municipalities are doing new and innovative and creative things all the time. And to be able to be on the ground as I am, being able to see how they're taking advantage of whether they're new state incentives or new local ordinances to try and achieve, you know, the picture that they're developing. And every municipality's picture is a little bit different. Um, that's the way that I learn from best practices and are able to bring them here. I run the uh, state's largest land use conference in January every year where it pulls together about 800 folks from attorneys to planners to citizen activists to really share and and present with one another the things that they're doing um, to strengthen their communities and their local economies, et cetera. Wonderful. So let's talk about your your professional skill set. A lot of it has already come through, but how would you clarify and share with our audience the three key skills that you have and why are they so important to the office of village president or how you will utilize them to the mm -hmm. office of managing the village? Okay. Well, there's probably like a hundred skills that I think is necessary to do this job very well. But if I were to try and break it up into three different segments, um, first and foremost is honesty is by far the single most important quality. I don't think just of a village president, but of an elected official. I think public trust is paramount. It's so big. Um, and I guess it's because um, prior to being on the Board of Trustees, I've served as a citizen activist and organizer, um, you know, all the way back to when I was a hall monitor in elementary school. Um, I liked representing the people around me and having a voice for a lot of people who felt like they didn't have voices. And so naturally, I've always been weary of government, um, especially when I feel like it's being dishonest. Um, so having been in this role now for a little while, I would say that I get a lot of joy out of telling people the truth. Even if the truth isn't pleasant, um, I think that's what people expect from their government. Next, I would say that uh, I've got a really good skill set with coordination and partnerships and priority setting. Um, I, I think within this community, we have a lot of people who are very passionate about their ideas and want to see their ideas come to fruition. I mean, if you look at just our boards, commissions, advisory committees, there's so many of them that the role of the village president is to be able to take the best of what everybody's offering, um, also be able to take the best from the Board of Trustees and make sure that the governing body, the legislative body, is intimately involved with the decision-making process and ultimately prioritize, because we can't do everything at once. Um, and also there's the very important aspect of our staff, making sure that our staff is in sync with what we're getting from the community, from the Board of Trustees, and aligning those goals together. I think that's why I have the support of my colleagues on the Board of Trustees, is because they've seen that I have this very important skill set um, to coalesce people and make it very clear the direction and the priorities moving forward. Um, the village presidency is different from the Board of Trustees in that it's very um, implementation oriented, and that's kind of where my strength is. It's where I've been lacking on the trustee side is because I'm not just about creating the policy. I like the actual work um, of implementing what people want to see done. Um, and lastly, um, 
I think that I have proven through my track record over the two years in the past 14 years that I've been a volunteer in this community is that I get things done. I am very impatient, which some would say is a bad quality, but ultimately government is very slow. So it's a very happy balance between impatience and government that people get very frustrated by the pace of getting things done. Um, and you know, for people who want to dive in, again, I, I direct them to southorange2015.com. You can view my full bio, um, a little bit more detail on what I've done over the past two years in office. Um, but I, I think I'm very motivated by seeing things come to completion and not just talking about them for four years. And the skill set of honesty, which I, I commend you for, uh, because it's so important that we have that we have trust um, in your management style mm -hmm. in regards to being able to, as you said, coalesce, bring people together. Yes. And then, of course, the third is getting things done, which mm -hmm. sometimes as a manager, you have to motivate people yeah. uh, to go beyond maybe their comfort zones or maybe beyond their particular skill sets. Mm -hmm. How do you do that in a way where I, I, I hear very constructive and positive things mm -hmm. uh, about you, which mm -hmm. is very good, but how do, what is within your style that allows you to do that and to maintain uh, the peace, so to speak, and keep everyone motivated uh, moving forward? That's a great question. I think ultimately people don't want to waste their time, especially our residents. So if um, it's not just about motivating people, but it's also showing them that you're going to take their work product and actually run with it. I think it's why we lose volunteers. And it might be even why employees get um, little frustrated is that when you put work into something and you're passionate about something and the leaders at the top aren't aren't actually implementing uh, the product. I think that also naturally because I'm so high energy, I'm actually holding myself back a little bit is that I think that's contagious. I, I think people feed off of my energy and, and vice versa is that when I'm around residents who are excited about something and want to implement something, I want to run with it too. I want to work with them and partner with them. Um, so the motivation is such a critical piece, especially um, within the role of the Board of Trustees and all these advisory committees and these boards and these commissions is um, as soon as people feel that, that they're wasting their time, they will leave us very quickly. And we've lost that time and we've lost that talent. Um, this past year, one of the things that uh, I did and I'm very excited about is uh, I worked with the Board of Trustees to have our first ever volunteer appreciation party. I think it was after being uh, going to all these advisory committee meetings and watching the wealth of experience and wisdom that people were giving this village, you know, it made me think long and hard, like, what do we do to just say thank you to these folks? Because I'm blown away by what they do for all of us. And the answer was, we don't really do much. I mean, we say thank you, and hopefully people people appreciate that, but we need to do something more. So the board agreed. Um, I came up with this idea that we we're going to have this big just volunteer appreciation party, and we had about, you know, uh, 100 volunteers maybe come out, and it was just a day to, you know, have a burger, a dog, some coleslaw, potato salad, and, and know that the governing body, in a small way, was able to show them a token of appreciation. No, were you flipping burgers that day? You know, I would have been, except I'm, I keep me away from fire. <laughs> I'm not a very good cook. Um, we had it above restaurant and bar okay. uh, outside. And it's something that the board agreed annually we want to start doing is appreciating people a little bit more. And we did this on the employee side as well. Um, you know, we, we didn't have, until I got on the board of trustees, I worked with Deborah Davis Ford on this. Uh, we weren't doing a ple uh, employee appreciation events too. Um, and in the corporate world and probably in the not 
nonprofit world and every other world, uh, people do that. And so for twice a year, for us to do something special for our employees and say, you know, it's been a good year, um, and we thank you. Um, for choosing to work in South Orange and serve our community, I think is really important. And so those are the type of small things that we can do to motivate people. And I just always want our employees and our volunteers to feel very empowered, that you're not there to implement my agenda or the board's agenda. You're there to advise us and make us a better governing body. And it's through listening to others and working with others and allowing them to explore the things of interest to them that we kind of uh, create this puzzle that I was talking about. Um, and it's something that I would want to do as village president. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Ms. Sheena Collum, the current village trustee here in South Orange, New Jersey, who is running for village president, and the election is on May 12th, and she is on Roby, is it? Yes, yes Roby. Roby. And uh, so let's talk about your vision for growth in economic development here in South Orange. Any specific questions that you want to go into? Because it's a very large umbrella. And so anything you want to tackle, I'm happy to tackle. Well, I, I tell you, from a um, personal standpoint of mm-hmm. lowering my property taxes, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything that will do that, I'm all ears. But, but let's, let's, let's talk about um, you know, your macro vision for economic development. South Orange has had a lot of development over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen a number of rental properties go mm-hmm. up around the train station. Uh, we have seen the uh, Eaton's Gourmet, which is now Ashley's, yeah. open up. And we've had a number of restaurants uh, that, that have opened up. Yeah. But we've also seen, unfortunate, which happens with Netflix, that the Blockbuster store yeah. uh, property uh is, is vacant. Mm-hmm. So what, what are your thoughts about the economic development to build on what we, the momentum that we have? Where do you see that going? I think I want to first start with talking about what you initially brought up, which is um, a good way to think about economic development as you talk about taxes. So what does economic development mean for us? And uh, to answer that question, I think you need to understand um, kind of how the taxes are broken down, what new revenue means for us. I think as a local government, especially one with exorbitant debt, we have about $50 million in debt, and the challenges of trying to be able to provide services with a 2% cap, um, how do we generate new revenue? Um, New revenue is important. That can come from economic development, how we aggressively pursue grants. Um, In the past year alone, um, we got the single largest appropriation from the Department of Transportation for phase four of the River Greenway. Um, We just got a joint grant with uh, Maplewood and Newark and Irvington and Essex uh, County as the umbrella for us for Irvington Avenue for $850,000. We just uh, got one for Academy Street for repaving over there. So it's the uh, economic development side, it's the going after grants, and it's also building efficiencies. So on the economic development side, um, generating new revenue um, from development or redevelopment is really, really important. And I have a little, a few statistics for you, is that without, uh, let me just grab my notes right here, Without some of the projects that you have seen uh, in the past several years, I would say roughly from 2008, um, the projected revenue that we're receiving is about $2.5 million. Without redevelopment and this new revenue, there would be a $2.5 million tax levy increase. 
Uh, this would roughly represent about uh, 11 cents per $100 of assessed value um, and an increase in our tax rate. And the average assessed homeowner would see about $510 in municipal tax increases. Um, so it's very important to us um, to attract the right type of development and redevelopment for our community because we have to expand the tax base. We can't continue to keep hitting the same people time and time again when it's becoming uh, very cost prohibitive for people to stay here, especially for our senior citizens, which I'm sure we could talk about at a different time. Um, so the thing is, how do you do it responsibly? And we've been hearing the term smart growth, which is um, it's kind of an urban planning term that I, I think it's really important for people to understand what that term means. And if you look at the basic definition, it is um, a transportation theory that concentrates growth in compact, walkable urban centers to avoid sprawl. Uh, sprawl costs this country about a trillion dollars a year. And so South Orange is really kind of um, strategically positioned um, to be a leading smart growth community, not just in the state of New Jersey, but across the country because of our assets. What do we have in our downtown? How is our downtown um, being developed? And we have the train station, so we have robust public transportation. We have a great performing art center. Um, our business community is getting stronger every single day. Um, and then we have this wonderful housing stock that surrounds. So we have the best of kind of suburban and urban. If you look at the South Orange Village Center Alliance and what they use as their slogan, it's City Sense Village Vibe. And that's what's attracting what the market is projecting is going to be um, the largest base of consumers. Um, and what I mean by that is both baby boomers and millennials right now are looking for the exact same thing in a community. And it's for the people who are downsizing, they're looking to move to downtowns where they can get rid of a vehicle, where they have access to things like our public library, which is serving almost like a community center. They have access to a supermarket. They have the mass transit options. They have entertainment options, food and shopping, et cetera. The exact same thing is expected from what millennials are demanding now. So the time of picket fences and going out to the suburbs is um, what it used to be before, but it isn't what it is now. And so the opportunities in South Orange are tremendous. And I feel that the Board of Trustees over the past several years have been following the guidance documents to get us there. So the village had a smart growth plan from 2006. Um, it was funded through the Department of Community Affairs and it was the Office of Smart Growth, um, which was a roadmap. And then more importantly, in 2009, the vision plan um, was really um, probably the most robust community outreach that the village had ever had um, to focus on our business districts and how we were going to grow the districts, yet maintain the character, the integrity um, of all the residential areas. And if you look at the way that the land is distributed in South Orange, and, and most people don't know these figures, but in South Orange, for single-family residential, it's roughly 77% um, of the land and in South Orange. Um, there's all these other categories, but if you looked at apartments and condos, mixed-use developments and commercial, it adds up to about 5%. So we're focusing um, and concentrating our efforts on this 5% of where there's opportunities to generate the revenue. Back to your initial question about what can you do with these taxes is that the, the land right now is at about 5%, and the reason that the taxes are so high is that we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have 
a mall. We don't have Short Hills Mall. We don't have Livingston Mall. Mall. (laughs) Um, We don't have these big, you know, box stores. We don't have a Home Depot. So the only opportunity to generate new revenue and expand what is right now 90% on single family homes is to bring in um, development or redevelopment in a responsible way. Um, Very good. Did that that covered a whole lot right covered there? Covered a right? whole lot, a lot of good information. Um, believe it or not, we are uh, running out of time. So what I'd like to do is to give you an opportunity to address the voters in regards to why they should uh, go to column of uh, line B and vote for Miss Sheena Column, who's running for village president. I hate that we ran out of time so quickly. I knew it would happen. Um, you know, I I think that my record in South Orange for anybody who has been following local government for a while, um, hopefully that shows people that I'm very committed to this community and I'm very committed to the residents and that I'm happy to put the work in um, because I think we're all working towards common goals. We have more in common than I think we have differences and you deserve somebody in the village presidency who is going to really commit themselves uh, to doing right by the residents over the next four years. So definitely visit the website southorange2015.com and I think I have about maybe 15 more events between now and the election on May 12th. And plenty of lawn signs that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and lawn signs, and I'm very accessible. So um, email me, Sheena, at southorange2015.com. Heck, you can call my cell phone, 201-704-0484, and I'd love to take the opportunity to earn your vote between now and May 12th. Sheena Column, candidate for village president for South Orange. Thank you for coming on the program. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, well, that is it for this week. Don't forget, next week we have a special one-hour debate section between the two candidates. You don't want to miss that. And then we're going to wrap up with a live uh, Q&A on the 9th. So this will be a four-week special of the South Orange Village elections. So thank you for tuning in this week. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.